0: Hi, welcome to Neuroverse,
1: a podcast hosted by Clara
0: and Carolina, where we discuss all matters from neuroscience to philosophy and beyond. Today's episode is on individuality.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we should start by talking a bit about what got us here. Yeah. So I think it started when I, I, I found this article Um, about how trees, forests, Mm -hmm. can migrate as a whole, and I posted on Twitter, or I retweeted it, and you replied saying that it reminded you of um, individuality, because I was talking about how a whole forest can have sort of its own level of consciousness beyond an individual tree, yeah, and... Yeah, that's what got us to discuss this topic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I guess it also made me want to tackle the question, what is an individual? Yeah. And I guess different fields of study would call it different things. In biology, it's usually a unit of function. Um, But there are a few other interesting theories out there. Uh, David Krakauer in Santa Fe Institute He has a different notion of individuality, which was discussed in Qantas magazine as well. And he proposes um, the information theory of individuality, which is instead of um, spatial terms, as we're used to, you know, I occupy a certain space, I'm an individual, he thinks of it in temporal terms. So in terms of how information flows from the past to the future, and he thinks of everything as like a process. And we don't usually think of individuals as a process. Yeah,
1: because I think that would make it more difficult to define an individual. Yeah. If information is always flowing in time, because time is continuous. But actually that's interesting because... So I found um, David Hall, is an American philosopher, Mm -hmm. who apparently created the field of philosophy of biology, Okay, I didn't know before. Mm -hmm. And um, he defined an individual from a biological perspective as a spatial, temporarily localized, cohesive, and Mm -hmm. continuous entity. And I agree with this definition, because I think it's both in space and time that an individual must exist. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I I agree with that (laughs)
0: definition.
1: But I'm interested in this temporal... Information flow.
0: Yeah, it's. I guess it's different from the way that we usually see things. But in a way, it kind of makes sense because going going back to my original question of where when does something start and when does something end, um, like we have organisms living within our own bodies that we wouldn't survive without them, bacteria, and uh, there are more bacterial cells in our bodies than our own cells, which mm-hmm. is crazy to think about. But over time, you may lose or gain those cells. So, I guess in a way, it's kind of about the whole process. So, would you say that in a human individual
1: is defined by its composition in a particular moment in time?
0: Yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, it's difficult to draw hard boundaries in just spatial terms.
1: It's like this question, it's like this, it reminds me of this um, famous example of if you have a boat
0: yeah. and You take off
1: a piece of the boat, like a wooden boat, let's say. Mm -hmm. You take off a piece of wood and then you replace it with another piece of metal. And then is it the same thing? And then if you keep doing this, you'll eventually end up with a metal boat versus an original wooden boat. So Uh is it the same individual? Yeah, that's just... Which is so true. If you think of humans at at a cellular level, Mm -hmm. like we're constantly shedding skin cells. And like you said, our microbiomes are constantly changing. Mm -hmm. And so is... Biologically, our composition is different at different times in our lives. Yeah. And we're a totally different person by the end of our life compared to the beginning of our life.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I know of the same theory or thought experiment, but in different ways. And that, like, if we yeah keep substituting a part of our body that is more functioning with, like, a robotic part, at what point do we stop being human? Yeah, yes, that's um, <laughs> true. <laughs> um, that kind of ties in with, like, uh, The next thing that I wanted to talk about, which you've already mentioned, um, which is basically in philosophy, there are two main different theories that of like the self, either the psychological self or the physical self. Mm -hmm. So the physical self is what you've already mentioned. Whether or not it's us in spatial terms, and you know over life we grow and we change, like our body grows and new cells regenerate. You know we are literally a different person from who we were yesterday because our cells regenerated but then so you're left saying okay well then in that case perhaps it's just a psychological self that remains right like that's yeah. the constant yeah however there's also flaws with that because over time temporal terms yeah <laughs> <laughs> we form new memories and it shapes who we are as a person yes i was just gonna say that yeah
1: that in this sense like we are the only constant we have is our memories. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, our memories are constantly changing. Yeah. There's such an inaccurate representation of the yeah. events that actually occurred or you know, yeah, the uh, initial memory.
0: Yeah, I was actually gonna say that because um, for example, if as a child something happened to our sibling but later on in life we, we internalize that and we think it happened to ourselves yes does it matter whether it did or didn't happen to you like that's a pseudo memory that's like a memory that you've even though it didn't happen to you it you integrated that experience so what is it about memory that actually matters is it is it the fact that you recollect it as your own
1: it's I in my opinion it's how it influences you mm-hmm. so if you have that memory it's gonna influence your perception of yourself and yeah. your Therefore, your future actions mm-hmm. in a bigger sense of things. Also, it's really interesting that you mentioned this because we were just before recording mm-hmm. talking about Oliver Sacks. Yeah. And I just finished reading Oliver Sacks' book, River of Consciousness, uh-huh. where he has a whole chapter on the falsibility of memories. Yeah. And mm-hmm. describes his experience of having a memory. I can't remember exactly what it is now, mm-hmm. but he had a distinct memory of something that had happened to him. And when he was older, he discovered that it was actually his brother's memory.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, so exactly, exactly yeah, yeah. what you we were talking about. But
1: because memories play such a big role in defining who you are, yeah. it still will affect you, despite whether or not it's accurate. Yeah. And in a, in a way, none of our memories are accurate mm-hmm. because they're influenced by our
0: state of mind at the time. Yeah. Not only our state of mind at the time, but like... our internal perception of the memory versus like external stimuli and how we interpret things. You know, I can look at a mug and have a completely different emotional experience than you if perhaps the mug means something different to you. So even the way we integrate memories is completely different. Yeah. Um, Well, maybe I could say one thing I wanted to talk about
1: was... um, to what extent interactions between different entities influence the definition of what makes an individual? Yes. Because, which is sort of linked to what we're saying about integrating our own integration of memories. Mm-hmm. Um, because, so following the spatio temporal theme, yeah. if two people are together spatio temporally, okay. in my opinion, from a human perspective at least, mm-hmm. they still remain t- as two individuals. Yeah. And reflecting on this it made me it made me realize that what we perceive as individuals is dependent on our own definition of what is individual relative to ourselves. Yeah. Because we view ourselves as an individual so we think of like two humans next to each other we're like oh relative to me that's two other humans so yeah. they remain their own individuals. Okay. And this is also why it's super linked to what we define as, what is a consciousness, Mm -hmm. which we can discuss further in (laughs) the episode.
0: But yeah, good point. So, relative terms. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. And from
1: our own perspective. Yeah. So, you know, maybe what a cell, if it has its own consciousness, Mm -hmm. views uses an individual is going to be very different to what a human uses an individual.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's very interesting. Because, so if a cell Recognize, let's say that they are conscious and that they recognize other cells and yeah. that they consider them different individuals, then us as the human body they would not consider us as the individual and yes,
1: exactly they would see us like how we view the universe, exactly. in a way because it's all a matter of levels exactly, yeah.
0: yeah and that also reminds me about uh, a novel by it's called Solaris and it's yes. by um, um, Russian. Yes. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Ah, Stanislav. And um, he basically talks about how the planet can be considered as an individual, and it really stretches our imaginations because he also talks about the ocean potentially being sentient. And we, as humans, I guess we limit ourselves in what we may or may not consider an individual. Again because of our relative perspective on life, but why not? Why isn't the ocean an individual or even a a sentient being, quote-unquote, because it contains so much life in it. It's a whole ecosystem.
1: Yes, and this brings us back to the original point of what brought us to this topic, which was, I do think that it is possible to view a forest Mm -hmm. as sort of an individual, because it perf- it ultimately well maybe I have more of a biological sort of functional perspective mm-hmm. because I love viewing things by their function I think it's a very interesting way to look at things sometimes and a forest carries out like an important function as an ecosystem yeah as a whole and I mean you can also extend that to like whole communities I think humans have issues especially in modern times mm-hmm. viewing communities. As, as like their community as an individual, yeah. beyond themselves. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's this Western idea of individuality. Yeah. Um, individualism, I mean, rather than c- communi- is communal. Communal? Communitarianism. <laughs> Communism. <Yeah. laughs> yes. Um, no, communitarianism. Okay. Is actually the philosophy that emphasizes connections between the individual and the community, Mm -hmm. and it's based on the belief that a person's social identity and personality are largely molded by its relationship with the community, Yes, which I obviously agree with, Mm -hmm. but um, it's very difficult to, like, I think human thought is kind of, especially in the West, moving away from this as Mm -hmm. we view our worlds from such a, like, myself perspective, you know? Yeah.
0: That is true, but then democracy still kind of operates under that principle, you know. It's the majority yeah. that wins the elections, you know. And I yeah. guess that you could consider that as one individual. Yeah. Like one party represents several people, and, and that one party, I guess, is the individual speaking for. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, going back to what you said about the trees and how the way that they function could be interpreted as an individual... Um, that's interesting because it also, I think, ties in with mushrooms. I knew you were going to say that! <laughs> and I fungi! Was, I was
1: just thinking mycelium networks. Yes! <laughs>
0: networks. Yeah. Yes, because
1: they bind together the forest. Yes! Ultimately.
0: So mycelium networks um, are... They're... I mean, I don't really
1: know how <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, they're these networks. networks of fungi underground. Uh-huh that in which electrical signals apparently pass between the trees to, yeah. as a form of communication. Yeah,
0: and so it helps, in a way, it helps us see plants in a, in a way that we've never seen them before. And Paul Stamets describes it very beautifully in his Netflix documentary, Fantastic Fungi,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where he talks about <laughs> how if a mother tree is in connection with her offspring... Um uh, through these mycelium networks it can tell when it when it's deprived from nutrients or when it's doing well and through this it's able to communicate um with other plants in their surroundings and we'd never think that trees would quote unquote communicate. Yeah. Um I think it's it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: just so fascinated by that concept and also as a neuroscientist I just love the connections that it has. With how the brain works, yeah, neural networks. Yes, neural networks, and the fact that they're also passed—they're obviously bi. I think there are biochemical signals being passed underground. Like they can send nutrients to other plants if they, if other plants need it, and if they have an excess, Mm -hmm. that sort of way. But uh, they can also send electrical signals.
0: Yeah, which I don't know much about, but
1: it's insane. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, And this also ties into. David Attenborough's uh, new documentary, Green Planet, where in the first episode, he talks about this specific mushroom called Leucogeiricus, which is able to, quote-unquote, communicate with ants. And this ant species is called Atacephalotes, and it does this by sending specific chemicals to the ants that allow them to know which leaves the fungi wants to eat. So they go out, and they pick these leaves, and they come back, give it to the fungi, and then you may be asking, all right, well, what is the benefit of having this symbi- this relationship with the with the ants and the mushrooms that this fungi produces feeds the ants. So it's this incredible symbiotic yes. relationship. Yes. And that goes back to the question of what is an individual in a symbiotic relationship. Can you consider those as two separate individuals or would it be one individual because without the other they would not survive
1: yes so and this this is similar to that if we saw two humans together like if we saw if we thought of a human and then the community that it lives in like a human cannot easily survive without a community. community exactly
0: i was thinking that yeah or beyond its human community like you know the Planet Earth <laughs> that we yes, live on, the exactly.
1: food that we eat, we're all dependent that we that is so on important. each other. Yeah, it's like you know, we wouldn't survive without the nutrients that we receive mm-hmm. from our food, and so how can we separate ourselves so easily from what we consume yeah. and what we live in and live on?
0: Yeah, like it's a whole ecosystem, and I guess if one thing dies out, it it has like such a catastrophic effect on all of the other quote-unquote individuals you know um but yeah symbiotic relationships viruses like yes viruses is a really good example Like yeah it depends on a host yeah exactly so but i guess in some cases some individuals it's more clear how they depend on how its survival depends on others Mm -hmm. like a virus symbiotic relationship but humans I guess maybe it's not as an ex- in an extreme case, you know, uh, yeah. as an extreme of a case. For example, I was
1: thinking of viruses and how, like you know, COVID nineteen didn't really exist until relatively recently. Yeah, and now it thrives <laughs> in existence because of humans. Yeah, and apparently some other animals too. Yeah. Um. But then, yeah. So I guess that case is quite extreme because it's literal existence. Mm-hmm. Um. If humans didn't exist, or if the host didn't exist, they wouldn't exist.
0: Yeah. But whether or not something exists... Does that count as an individual? Yeah. So I think that, again, relates to the spatial-temporal topic. Yes, I was
1: thinking of of the... So... I suppose it has to exist spatially or temporally or both in order to be an individual. But is
0: every individual... Is existing enough to be considered an individual? No, I don't think existence is enough to be an individual. Oh
1: wait, <laughs> my mind is going in circles. Yeah, <laughs> um, existence is required. Okay. For an individual to exist.
0: Okay. But are all? But are all? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Is all existing things individuals? Are, yes, this, yes, this is the question. Um,
1: well, that is the question I suppose we've been discussing. Yeah.
0: I guess things like, I don't know, wind? could That wouldn't be considered an, an individual. Mm, it's more or an electron.
1: Or an electron. <laughs> yes. I had in my notes, is an electron an individual? Yes. I would argue not. Why would I argue not? I don't know. (laughs) I think because it's part of so many other individuals, it almost loses its own sense of individuality.
0: But isn't that the same thing as saying a cell isn't an individual just because it's within our human body, and therefore it's relative to ourselves? Perhaps relative to other electrons, it's considered an individual. Exactly.
1: So I, I actually believe it can be an individual just at a different level. Yeah but you know from it, from our perspective for example if you think of like water does water exist as an individual but that's a good it's point. a similar idea cuz water is everywhere like water is in the air um, as humidity, as well as. And it's in water and <laughs> ice. And, and,
0: and no. And it's it's just, com- you never have like one water particle. It's always just like, you know, a mass of water. Exactly. You, you know?
1: <laughs> I can't tell you said a mass of water or a massive water. No, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it's just like
0: you always see water as an agglomerate,
1: right? Exactly. And it is literally everywhere. And so that sort of makes it like lose its sense of individuality because then it just becomes almost concept like a thing that yes. exists yeah so then i guess yes so existence definitely doesn't cause an individuality yeah to yeah. arrive arise and arise. arise yeah yeah okay um <laughs> well anyways <laughs> to to complete
0: <laughs> I, I guess um thank you for listening to our first podcast um let us know what you think about it, and yes. um, we'll be covering other topics similar to this one in the near future. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed
1: our, our ramblings, <laughs> our ramblings and confusions, and going around in circles. And if you have
0: an opinion on individuality, do we'd let us know. would love to hear it. Yes, I think Spotify has this new feature where you can record your voice. So we'd love to hear your comments on it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely.